listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to www.redwoodbaptist.org. We hope and pray the message that you're about to listen to will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. First uh, Peter chapter 5, let's look at verse number 7. First Peter 5, verse 7. The Bible says this, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now let's say that as a church because it's super short verse. Ready? Begin. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Um, so this morning, I would actually like to preach a message entitled, Living Lighter. Living Lighter. Okay? So let's pray and ask God one more time to bless these moments. Lord, we come before you once again. And Lord, I come before you, needing you, and I'm praying that you would hide me behind your cross. Lord, I pray that you would give me the strength to preach, give me the words to say. May your Holy Spirit be seen this morning. Uh, May your word be an encouragement. May there be truth that we can take from today. And Father, I pray for our church. I pray for our church family. I pray for those that weren't, weren't able to make it today because of sickness or situations. Father, I pray that you would work there. And God, I just pray that you would be seen. And Lord, that you would encourage our hearts. We love you. We thank you. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We all worry. Raise your hand if that's true. Okay, yes. We all worry. We all have cares. We all have anxieties. But the reality is we are not meant to carry them. We are not meant to wrestle them with them. We are not meant to bear them. The Christian life can feel much lighter and doesn't have to be so heavy. Worries, anxieties, and cares are products of a broken world. And over time, if we don't know what to do with these worries, anxieties, and fears, we will be crushed by them. We will, be succumb, we will succumb to the weight of them. Now, those without Jesus Christ will find different ways to cope with the never-ending battles of worry and anxieties. They will find ways to cope with these arduous uh, mental thoughts, and they will find ways to try to get rid of them. But the Christian has only one overall way to deal with these, and his name is Jesus. And as Peter is writing to believers who are facing some trials, hard times, under the rule and persecution of Emperor Nero, Peter encourages the Christians to take their cares, their worries, and to give them to God. There's no use in us holding on to them. I remember back when I was growing up in, in Pennsylvania. I'm from the East Coast, okay? I was probably, it was probably around eighth, maybe ninth grade. And at that time, I was playing organized sports, okay? It may not look like it, but I played organized sports, and I loved it, okay? I played basketball, football, uh, baseball. I played those three sports, and uh, later I played a little bit of soccer, but, but I loved those sports. And eighth and ninth grade, it was like this thing where, like, sports was cool. It was it. Like, um, um, you had to play sports, and you'd be cool. The girls would like you, all that stuff. And so I was like, man, I'm going to play sports, and I, and I like it. The one sport that I really liked above all of those sports was basketball. Basketball was like, man, I, it was awesome. It was, everyone loved basketball. We, we would have a tournament every single year, and we would host it. My church would host it, the Faith Tournament. And the Faith Tournament would consist of like 10 different Christian schools that we would play against all year round, and then we'd all come together. And uh, that would probably have about, um, probably like 
throughout those three days we did the tournament, we've probably seen a number of probably like seven, 800 people at the tournament, uh, including parents and, and teenagers and all of that participating. We had all different types of events to participate in. We had woodworking, we had photography, we had chess, we had ping pong, foosball, we had all these different things. And then one of the biggest things that we participated in was basketball. It was huge. And so I remember wanting uh, to get better at basketball because basketball was it. And then when, we, when the tournament came, that was like our MBA, all right? It was like, man, everyone's going to be there. They're going to watch us play. And that was something I really wanted to get better at. And so I decided, you know what? I am not six foot eight. I'm not even six foot. Um, I'm five foot eight. Right now I'm five eight, okay, on a good day. I'm actually five seven and a half, but on a good day I'm five eight. And today's a good day. And so, I think probably in eighth, ninth grade, I was probably like 5'4", maybe 5'5", five, five, and, and, and I wanted to get better at basketball. So, first off, I had a height challenge, right? I was like, stink, I'm not even tall enough, I'm, I'm a small guy. Um, but I wanted to kind of compensate for that, I want to get better. So, what area would that be? Well, jumping. So, I decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to jump high. And so, at this time, I didn't have a, a job, and I wasn't working or anything. I was only eighth, ninth grade. And um, we didn't have a lot of money, and so I was like, you know what? I need to help me jump higher. I need, like, a weight vest. I need something to put on me so I can feel heavier, right? And so I, I went to Walmart, and um, I looked over in the section, and it was, like, 60 bucks for a 50-pound weight vest. I was like, I don't even got 60 bucks. And so I decided to go back home. I remembered inside the garage there was this life preserver. And I thought, ooh, life preserver. That kind of looks like a weight vest. And so I grabbed the life preserver. I got like some scissors. I cut some holes in it and then just enough to where it wouldn't spill over. And I thought, okay, all I got to do is fill this up with 50 pounds of something. What can I do? And so I went outside and outside we had a paved driveway and then we had a gravel driveway. And I thought, that's easy. And so I grabbed the weight vest. I went outside and I started filling up the weight vest with all these rocks, this gravel, right? And I did that. And I, and I was pretty happy about it. I was like, wow, this looks pretty good. And I thought, what I need to do next is just duct tape it for security. So I went inside and there was this black duct tape. And, and I'm kind of the person that kind of still wants things to look good. So I was like, ooh, this duct tape's nice. So I went and got the black duct, duct tape to where it looked really cool. And then after that, I, got, I had a 50-pound weight vest. I was like, this was way before Pinterest, okay? So 50-pound weight vest. I put it on, and I began to work out with this weight vest. It was crazy, and I, I would do it all the time. My friends were like, that's so weird. Like, what are you doing? And, and I'm just like, it's my 50-pound weight vest, you know? And so I worked out, worked out, worked out. By the time I was, um, by the end of ninth grade, I could touch the rim. Um, by, the, by, the, by when I was in 10th grade, I could grab the rim. By 11th grade, I was hanging on the rim. And I think maybe at one time, I was close enough to dunk it, okay? So I made up for my height disadvantage. But after working out with that weight vest, and I wore it a lot, there was always the same feeling after I took it off. And it was this feeling of, like, lightness. I always felt like I was going to float to the sky, you know? It was like 50 pounds off of me, right? It was like, um, it was just this amazing feeling of just being so, so light. And the, the reality is, is a lot of us live as if we're wearing a weight vest. A lot of us live as if we have or carrying a 50-pound or even heavier. Some of us have worries and anxieties that feel like almost 1,000 pounds. And we live life with this heavy, heavy 
weight vest. And yet, we were not meant to do that. We weren't meant to carry this. You see, the medical world has confirmed that the major source of sickness in Western Hemisphere, in the Western Hemisphere, is stress and pressure. Man was simply not fashioned to carry pressures, stress, and anxieties and worries. This is the reason the body breaks down when it undergoes the negative influence for too long. I think everyone experiences their bouts of anxiety, worries, burdens, situations that are uncontrollable. We all face those types of things. And yet I believe this morning, as we break down this small but profound verse, we will see that we can live more free in our lives and much lighter. And we don't have to carry what we are actually meant to cast. We don't have to carry the load. And I like to use this cliche Christian term. We don't have to be stressed, but blessed, all right? And so this morning, let's talk about living lighter. Let's see these three things this morning that will help us get to that point. Number one, the action. The action. Look at 1 Peter 5, 7 once again. It says this, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Casting. That's the first thing. That's the action. Casting is an action rooted in humility. I love how the preceding verses speak of humility. Look at verses 5 and 6 before we get to 7. It says this, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. See, there's this sequence here that's being shown. It's this humble, this humility sequence. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. I think one of the greatest hindrances from us casting our worries, anxieties, and cares is pride. I, it's believing that I don't need God. It's believing I can carry this. It's believing I can bear this on my own. Here's a quote from C.S. Lewis, which I really like this guy, and I bet if we saw each other, we'd like each other, okay? C.S. Lewis, he's a really good guy. According to Christian teachers, the essential vice, the utmost evil is pride. They call it the utmost evil. Pride is the root that every sin can be traced back to. Proverbs 16, 18 says this, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. When I think about the destruction that pride can bring, and there's a lot of examples throughout the word of God, and you can see for yourself, do a word study on pride, and you'll come to see a lot of, of different stories and examples of what pride can do, what the destruction of pride. But yet, when I think about this destruction of pride, I think of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. We all tend to believe that Sodom was destroyed because of homosexuality. That's usually how we think the reason they were condemned. We think that they were condemned because uh, there was their wild lifestyles, Okay? Just immorality. It doesn't even have to be homosexuality. It was all different kinds of sexual immorality that was happening, their wild lifestyles. But here is the real reason Sodom and Gomorrah was actually destroyed. Ezekiel 16, 49 through 50. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride. Fullness of bread and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, and they were haughty 
and committed abominations before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. Pride will destroy. Pride will ruin relationships. Pride will hinder change. Quote from David Brainerd, Once more, never think that you can live to God by your own power or strength, but always look to and rely on him for assistance, yea, for all strength and grace. So Peter encourages us to cast all of our cares, but the way to do this is to be rooted in humility. Humility humility is the key. And when it comes to many areas of our lives, when it comes to our character, our relationships, attitudes, and so forth, Ephesians 4.2 would say this, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Philippians 2.3 would say, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. What that means is when we have a function here at the church and you're super duper hungry, be kind and let someone else go. <laughs> be humble, all right? Mike, be humble, all right? So when it comes to that, be humble. Proverbs 15.33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. Colossians 3.12, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. See, Jesus is our example of humility. Jesus is the source of humility. If you're saved this morning, you have the spirit of Jesus. Who's the spirit of Jesus? The Holy Spirit. And yet he lives inside of you. And yet he can produce this out of you. Humility. We can never step towards righteousness without the spirit of Christ living inside of us. Philippians 2.5, let this mind being you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of of the cross. By the grace of humility, it allows us to cast and not carry. It allows us to cast, not carry. Now, what does it mean to cast your anxiety on God, and how do you do that? So, what is some type of picture? I think there's this awesome picture in the Bible where we can use to better understand this action rooted in humility. See, the only time the word casting is seen is in in exactly the same form and in the same Greek word is in the New Testament, in Luke 19.35. Only two times you see the word casting in the New Testament. And it says this in Luke 19.35. And they brought him to Jesus and they cast their garments upon the colt and they set Jesus thereon. So the meaning is simple and straightforward. If you have a garment on and you want an animal to carry it for you, you cast the garment on the animal. And in this way, you don't carry it anymore. It's on the animal, not on you, and the animal works for you. It lifts your load. And so I'm going to use the stand here real quick to kind of illustrate this. Oh, we're going to have to buy one of those. No, I'm just kidding. So here's my animal, per se, okay? Here's my garment my brand new Redwood Baptist t-shirt, okay? And this is going to represent my worries, okay? My anxieties, okay? It's, think about it as like a, like a really heavy thing, okay? And so the idea of casting is from this verse, 1935, Luke 1935. It's as if I were to just put my cares and worries 
on this, on, on the thing that can hold it up, on the thing that can carry it. And so what they were doing is when Jesus was coming through, they, they took their garments and they placed it on to the, the donkey to carry it, to, to, to unload themselves of their garments. And yet you and I as Christians, what we do is, what we need to do is we need to unload, put away our worries and anxieties so that we're no longer holding on to it, that this is it, this is holding on to it, okay? So the idea of casting is that we no longer carry it anymore. We lay it completely on someone else, which will lead to our second point. Number one was action. Number two is the aim. Number two, the aim. See, we're not designed to carry the burden of worry, fretting, and anxiety. This load is simply too much for the human body and the central nervous system to tolerate. We may be able to manage it for a while. Have you ever spent some time thinking a lot about a situation you couldn't control? There's a lot of physical things that happen too. Um, I think this is okay to say. Okay, I'm going to say it. So I remember when Jessica, before we got married, we broke up. Oh, I know. Bad me. And I, I remember thinking about the, in the middle of that break of thinking so much about what happened. And there was an effect that was happening to me. I began to eat a lot. And so for Jessica, she had the opposite effect. She didn't eat a lot. But for me, I began to eat a lot. And as I thought about that, worried about that, had a bunch of anxiety about that, there was an effect that was happening to me physically, and yet for you, that's maybe one of the ways that you cope with it is that you begin to, to eat a lot or you do some other things. But we're not designed to do that. Eventually, the physical body and mind will begin to break under the, that type of perpetual pressure. Think about it. It's a perpetual pressure. So where do we cast and where do we lay off completely our worries? our cares, and how do we do this practically? See, here's the thing. We don't cast our worries just anywhere. We cast our worries on Jesus, okay? All the time, every time. We cast, always, laying aside. See, Jesus is our burden bearer. He's strong enough to take the load of all of our anxieties, and yet Peter doesn't stop there. He says, look, the aim is Christ. It's always. It's not in eating more. It's not in going to these things or, or these other things. Okay? It's, it's Jesus. Jesus is the one who's going to carry that load. And so you cast on him. He is it. And then he also says in that verse, casting all, all your care, casting all all your care. He doesn't stop with the aim. He goes with the amount. And what he's saying is that Jesus is able to take it all. Every situation, every circumstance, every trial. He is a great multitasking, doing multiple things at once while still giving 100% attention to detail. What I love about this is that Peter says all. But yet some of us like to do this. Let me help you, Jesus. So I'm just going to hold on to a little bit of it. Because I think you need assistance. I think you need a little bit of help instead of letting it completely go. See, the word cares is the Greek word merimina, which means anxiety. However, in principle, it described any affliction, difficulty, hardship, misfortune, trouble, or complicated circumstance that arises as a result of problems that develop in our lives. It could refer to problems that are financial, marital, job-related, family-related, business-oriented, or anything else that concerns us. That means that anything that causes you worry and anxiety 
regardless of why it happened, is what you need to throw on to the shoulders of Jesus Christ. Let me give you a couple of verses here that I that hope will encourage you to cast on Jesus. Matthew 10, 29 through 31, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more value than many sparrows. Psalm 55, 22, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, Jesus is the peace that passes all understanding. He calms the worries, the fears, the anxieties that riddles the heart of his children. Let's go to this quote, Nick. We can skip that next verse. Go to this quote here. It says, Hudson Taylor says, I'm no longer anxious about anything, as I will realize the Lord is able to carry out his will. And his will is mine. It makes no matter where he places me or how this is rather for him to consider than for me. For in the easiest positions, he must give me his grace. And in the most difficult, his grace is sufficient. See, as we cast upon the Lord, what begins to happen is we begin to build this trust. And that in our lives, as we grow older and older, there's this ability to just say, that's the Lord's. I don't, gotta, I don't have to be anxious. That's the Lord's. He can handle that. See, our aim is Jesus, and we take our anxieties, worries, and cares and bring them all to Jesus. Let me give you a few examples here. In 1 Samuel 36, we find King David bringing his distress to the Lord. He says this, and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. I think I'd be pretty stressed out if I knew that you guys wanted to stone me, right? Stressed out, scared, fear, anxious. Because the soul of all people was grieved, every man for his son and for his daughters. But David, what did he do? Did he go, oh man, I got to hold this on? No, David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. He took that situation and said, God, this is yours. I've got to be encouraged by you. I've got to understand that you will uh, sustain me, that if I cast my burden onto you, you, I will not be moved. Then in Hebrews, we find that having the presence and the help of God on our side, we have no reason to be afraid, no reason to worry. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he saith, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. What I love about that is that the presence of God should bring about peace in your life. It, us knowing that he is there should make us live a whole lot lighter. And then he says this, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Let me ask you a question. Where are you casting your cares this morning? Where are you casting your worries? Are you placing them on somebody else? Or are you giving them to the one who can carry them? Casting them on Jesus. All of it. Everything. Live lighter this morning. So let me give you a practical way in which we do this casting. We cast our cares through prayer. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, be careful for nothing. What that means is don't be anxious. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Look, there's that action. 
that actions to cast, right? It's rooted in humility. Don't think you got it. Understand that he's got it, okay? Casting. Make sure you cast everything, all of it. Don't hold on to it. Look, Jesus doesn't need help with that. He loves you, okay? He wants to do it for you. And yet we do all of this through prayer. I know that praying is so hard. You want to know why I know? Because it's hard for me. Praying is so hard. But yet that is the avenue in which you and I come to the Lord to cast our cares. And then finally here this morning, the way we live lighter is we think we know about the action, the aim, and then finally here the affection. This is it, the true motivator. The reason we cast our cares is because he cares for us. He cares for you. 1 John 4.19, we love him because he first loved us. Jesus truly cares for you. He loves you. He loves me with undying affection. I love what Zephaniah says in 3.17. He says, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. I love that, especially because I'm the one who comes up every Sunday, and bless your heart, you hear me every Sunday, okay, and lead you into worship. But it's just awesome to know that he sings over us. He's got an amazing voice. He sings over us. He loves us. Peter says, because he careth for you. See, the word careth is taken from the Greek word mali, which means to be concerned, to be thoughtful, to be interested, to be aware, to notice, or to give, uh, or to give painful and meticulous attention. Peter uses this word to assure us that Jesus really does care about us and the things that are heavy on our hearts. In fact, he gives meticulous attention to what is happening to us. He is interested in every facet of our life. If you're sitting here this morning and saying, I don't really know if he does. I just want you to get that out of your head. Don't let the devil do something. Don't let the devil speak lies to you. And I, and I believe so many times that's what the devil does is he tries to get you to forget the affection of our God. So don't ever let the devil tell you that your problems are too stupid, sorry kids, sorry, small or insignificant to bring to Jesus. The Lord is interested in everything that concerns you. See, our backs break under the pressure of these worries, but his back is strong and will never break. And he asks us to give it to him because he loves us. Let me read here Matthew 6, 25-34, and we'll wrap it up this morning. It says this, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, that ye shall what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye, shall, what ye shall put on. It is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? I always love that when he says that. Don't we all wish we were just a little bit taller? There's no reason to worry about that. 
And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what, wherewithal shall we be clothed? For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Final verse here. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. See, our affectionate God is still right beside us, cares for us, provides for us, knows all about us. As I said before, we don't have to carry the worries. We don't have to carry the anxieties. We don't have to carry the cares. We can live lighter. We can live with more joy, with more confidence, with more passion if we take the situations we can't control and completely cast them on Jesus. Take that this morning. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're thinking about. I don't know the worries that may invade your life in the days to come. But come back to 1 Peter 5, 7. Believe the truth, be encouraged, and know also that you're not alone. That all of us each and every day has to cast, has to cast. Jesus doesn't need our help, okay? For he is our helper. Let's pray. Father, thank you.